Father, we've prayed once this morning, but I feel led in my heart to pray again. Father, we stand at a pinnacle in, in this earth where it seems like the enemy is constantly pushing against the church and against righteous men and women. There's a lot of men that have given their lives for the freedom that we enjoy. And I pray that today while we're on the lakes and eating hot dogs and boating, that we remember the price that was paid. Now we do remember the cross and that was paid, but we're not here to celebrate that today. We're here to honor the men and the women, the boys and the girls that laid their lives down for where we are. I pray that we would take upon our own heart the fact that we have an obligation to maintain this freedom. If they were willing to go to a battlefield, then we need to be willing to go to our knees and go to battle ourselves. And we're at a time right now where there's, our liberties are under assault. I pray that every one of us would judge our own heart and be willing to stand up for righteousness because it was because of this that you gave us the opportunity to preach the gospel. We live in the greatest nation on the earth and you gave us that. And I pray that we would live our lives in such a way that it would honor the men, that they'll look back and we'll see them one day when we stand before you and say, I didn't waste the life you gave me. And we thank you for that, sir, in Jesus' name, amen. I said that a while ago. Go ahead and be seated. I think it's a waste of life to spend your life on yourself. That's a heavy thought. When the Lord called me, I felt it a great honor. I'm not going to preach on this today, but I would like to one day very soon. We've been preaching on Romans 12, 1 and 2. Number one, to put our flesh under. If you're doing everything you want to do, you're not in the will of God. Thank you. Thank you. Your flesh is selfish. Flesh is selfish. I decided that when I died, there will be people in heaven because of my life. Now, I can't do what Jesus did. I cannot die for humanity nor even consider it. But if he paid that much for me, then I'm willing to lay down mine and do what he asked me to do. That's a message that's been lost in the American church. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. Jesus being Savior is completely different than Jesus being Lord. And until he's Lord, nothing works. Amen. Amen. So anyway, we're celebrating Memorial Day, and I pray that you'd go out and have a good time and watch the hot dogs. Make sure they're Hebrew nationals. No. <laughs> we don't want a hot dog to kill you after you've lived this long. Amen. Get your Bible out and go to Proverbs. Proverbs what? Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. I'm not preaching a Memorial Day service. I think everything's Memorial Day service. Proverbs 18. Last week we talked about what are you thinking about. This, this week my sermon is called, What Are You Talking About? What are you talking about? I'm going to start off by reading a scripture that we have used for years and years and years in Charismatic Renewal, in the Faith and Word Camp, to preach confession. And we're going to talk about confession. And we're going to go a little deeper than that today. We're going to go way past just confessing the Bible. 
Listen to this scripture. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it shall eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power, and I wrote in my Bible, death and life are in the power of my tongue. Because that's what he said. Death and life are in the power of our tongue. Now, where we're going with this is that every one of us in this room, we have situations we face every day And the temptation is to believe the circumstance is controlling you. It can, but it doesn't have to. Let me prove that to you. Does the wind and the wave control a ship? It can, but does it end up at the port the wind wants it or the pilot? The pilot. God gave you a rudder. God gave you a power. And he said, death and life. If you don't like where you are, change it. That's huge, folks. I mean, just to even consider that, that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And we're going to read in a minute, blessing and cursing. Now, we're talking on you, are in the power of your tongue. That means that no matter what's going on in your life and stuff happens. Now, I know that's not a Christian bumper sticker. If it is, it would say stuff. But stuff, we don't want stuff to happen, but it does happen. But stuff doesn't need to control you. So death and life are in the power of your tongue. I wrote this, and um, I don't know whether I'll get done today or not. If, if we don't, then we've got next Sunday. We talk to God. We talk to people. We talk to ourselves. We talk to nature. We talk to devils. And sometimes if we're smart, we'll learn when not to talk at all. We've got to start learning a new language. The Bible talks about languages, and I'm not talking about Spanish and Puerto Rican and and, and Italian and everything else. There's there's some languages, and I'm going to start today with one. We're going to start. We're going to go down the list. Number one, we need to learn the language of praise. Number two, we need to learn the language of thanksgiving. Then we need to learn the language of life. And then we need to learn the language of dominion. And then we need to learn the language of silence. There are times it's best to say nothing. Lest we get in trouble. Some of you have said, I've been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. I've said some things I wished I hadn't have said. So in Proverbs 18, it says life and death. I want you to go to Deuteronomy 30, verse 15. Deuteronomy 30, 15. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be a very good day. Do you know why? Because I said it is. I'm going to start with verse 11. And as I read this, anyway, the word of God is awesome, isn't it? For this commandment, which I command you today, it is not too mysterious for you. This is not, 
What I'm going to read, what he's going to read, what he's going to say right here is not way out there. It's like, whoa, that was deep. It's not deep. As a matter of fact, it's simple, but it's powerful. So it's not, this is not real weird stuff, not mysterious stuff. This is life and death. This is just normal life, nor is it far off. It's not up in heaven so that we need to bring it down and say, bring it to us so we can hear it and do it. In other words, this is not some truth that you've got to go to heaven and talk to Abraham, to talk to Elijah, to talk to Jesus, to talk to God, to find out some deep secret. Now, I know some of you young people loved Pirates of the Caribbean, but I'm going to tell you, this ain't in the ocean someplace hidden. As, and, and if Johnny Depp's looking for it, forget it. He can't even find a wife. I mean, I didn't. Whoa, okay. And everybody on Facebook said, whoa, okay. Nor is it beyond the sea. It's not someplace else that you say, who's going to go to the over and get it and bring this great mystery back to us? Now, this is the answer. Listen to the answer. God says, I'm going to give you the answer to life. The word is very, very, very near you. As a matter of fact, the answer is in your mouth. Say that's pretty close. Not that far away. The nosy people, that is. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you life and good, death and evil. Now, what are we talking about? Do you want life? It's not that far away. Now, let's jump down. Let's jump down to verse 19. I call heaven and earth witness against you today that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. In other words, here's a test, and I'm going to give you the answer. If you flunk a test that the teacher gave you the answer, that's not intelligent. God said, I'm going to give you a test, and here's the answer. Now, but the choice is whose? It is ours. Now, what that does is that eliminates the victim mentality. Now, understand something about a victim mentality. When when someone's a victim and someone's been done wrong, that's a big deal. And no one sneezes at it and says it wasn't a big deal. But it shouldn't keep you where you are. Moving forward is not up to other people. It's up to you. And it's not even up to God. Now, we talk about God as an all-powerful, all-knowing, he can do anything. Well, if it was true, why are people going to hell? You have a stronger will than God. Say, that's scary. Yeah. And God don't violate it. The Baptist figured it out and put a sign out front that says, Free Will Baptist. 
That's actually true. That's, when they came out of Calvinism and found out they had a well, they put it on the sign outside and said, we have found something in the Bible. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, the first thing we're going to learn is a language called the language of praise. So again, we're in Proverbs. I want you to pop Proverbs 17, 22 and go to James chapter 1, 70. The merry heart does good like what? And a broken spirit dries the bones. Your mouth has more to do with your health than any doctor on this planet. Matter of fact, a merry heart's better than spinach. If you had a grumpy papa, he still wouldn't have no strength. Okay, now, James chapter 1. I'm in it today, y'all. I'm just, I'm just on this thing. James chapter 1, verse 1. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered. Where are they going? They're running out of Jerusalem. Why? Persecution. These people just lost everything. They're losing their houses. They're losing their jobs. And they're leaving with the clothes on their back. And their pastor's writing them a letter. And I want you to read what it says. James, a bondservant of God, to the 12 tribes scattered, greetings. Verse 2. My brethren, count it what? Count it all joy. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. That's what... Uh, that's what, uh, what Jerry Savelle said. I don't know if God said Jerry Savelle did say it. It's a book. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall. Why is that? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. No joy, no strength. Now, the issue here is not that they're not having a problem. I'm going to read the rest of this and it'll make sense. Knowing the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, you got to know, why are we counting it all joy? We've just lost everything. Life is not going the way that we thought it should go. But right now, we're going to count it joy in the middle of the problem because we know something that the joy of the Lord produces patience. Now, we're not talking Walmart patience. Now, what do I mean by Walmart patience? That's when you walk into Walmart, there's 18 people in a line, and the girl at the cash register was hired yesterday. And you're like, oh, God, what have I got myself into today? And you're going to be there a while. That is not what we're talking about. The patience here is the word constant. It, it means you're not up and down. You're not moved by the wind. The wind is not controlling your ship. You're controlling your ship. This ship is going to dock where I say this ship is going to dock. And he said, you need to remain constant. Now, let's read the rest of it, and he's going to give you the reason for it. Knowing the testing of your faith produces constance, let consistency have its perfect work so you'll be perfect, mature, complete, and lack nothing. Lack nothing. That means we can go through life and get to the point to where you have no needs. Every need has been met. That is very, very possible to, to achieve. 
But let him ask in faith, no doubting. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he's going to get anything from God because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So he's talking about the fact that you're, that you're double-minded. What is a double-minded person? That's a person who's happy one minute and, and sad and upset the next. You're not counting it all joy. What you're doing is that you're going, God is a good God, and you're going, oh, the devil is a bad devil, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, understand something. He said a double-minded man's unstable. Don't let that man, that one, think he gets anything because you're not getting anything from God. If the Bible's true, God wants you to start acting like it. That doesn't mean you count it joy when things are going good. That means you count joy all the time. Because what is going on is subject to change. Why is that? Because life and death are in the power of my tongue. Now, a lot of people take a, a, a stance against that as though, who do you think you are? Well, we're going to get into that in a moment because Jesus, the head of the church, told us to talk to stuff. Did he talk to storms? Did he talk to trees? Did he talk to devils? Did he tell Peter to do it? Yes. Did he tell you to do it? He most certainly did. God is the one that set this up and said life and death and the power of your tongue. Once you understand that, you go, you can't take me down unless you cut my tongue out. I think I'll keep it. So go with me to Psalm 100. We're going to go through this quickly because this is stuff you know. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Whining. Singing. Let's go to verse. Know the Lord, he's God. You ain't. We didn't make ourselves. You didn't make your body. You didn't make the earth, and you ain't God. Somebody's God, and it ain't you. So we're not counting all joy because you're God. We're counting all joy because he's God. And even though, even though you may not like me, and even though circumstances come against me, there is nothing that's going to throw God down. And since you can't whip God, then you're not taking me out. See, see, let's go back to the oldest story in the Bible. When David was fighting with Goliath, the Goliath said, you coming against me? And he goes, David goes, well, I understand that I'm little, but you hadn't seen my God yet. But you're fixing to. Amen. <laughs> see, David's faith wasn't in David. David's faith was in his covenant. Amen. He said, you might be big, but you ain't bigger than God. Amen. So it would be good for us to know this. Let's finish reading this. Know the Lord, he's God. He made us, not we ourselves. Let's go to verse four. Enter his gates with what? Now listen to me right now. If you ain't worshiping God, you ain't even in the, in the throne room. Here you are praying and you ain't even started worshiping yet. What are you doing? Hollering at God outside? You know, listen, when I was a kid, you know, boys would come pick up my sister Robin and honk. Mama says, don't you get them go out there. And they, they can get up, they get out of the car and knock on the door and come in here and present themselves, but they ain't going to sit out there and honk. Now, some things have changed. Now, 
you invite the girl out, tell her to meet you at the restaurant and make her pay. And wonder why you ain't got a wife. I'm going to give you a secret to what a woman wants. A man. A man. Come on, say a man. If you ain't got no money, you ain't got no business taking her out. If you ain't got no car, you ain't got no, don't be killing no girl on no bicycle. Now, you know how I know that? Because Lisa had a boyfriend. Tall, dark, handsome, no money, and used her car. I saw her one day taking him to a meeting, and I was behind him, and I said, she's mine. I said, I said, she's, listen, you can use your tongue for a whole lot of stuff. That girl you got sitting next to you, that is my wife, because I'm taking her from you, because you don't have no sense, but I'm not praying for your brains right now, not until after I get her. So I took her out to eat. I paid for the meal. I took her in my car. I bought her flowers, and she said, I think I like this. I said, there's more where this came from. Now, I'm going to tell you some more secrets while we're at it. When you marry a mermaid, when you marry a mermaid, make sure you have lots of shrimp, crab, and fish. So whenever she'd come to my house, I'd cook her crab, meat, and shrimp. Honey, if the, if the taking her to Chi Cheese and buying her flour didn't work, my God, the shrimp did. That girl, that girl chased me down and made me marry her. Now, you, somebody said to me one time, says, don't you think you've married out of your league? I said, it takes intelligence to do that. <laughs> All right, now back to the book of James. Back to the book of James. Lisa's going, yeah, come back to the book of James. <laughs> I got to have fun when I do this. I do this for a living. I do this all the time. I got to have fun while I'm doing this. All right, now see, that's a word for you. You just take them out, wind them, dine them, and boy, they'll, they'll, they'll chase you down. All right. And don't pick them up on no bicycle. Pick them up in a Tesla if you want to. You can pick them up in a Maserati. You can pick them up. Never mind. We, that's, that's. So the first language is the language of praise. Number two, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, in everything, give what? Thanks. Thanks. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to show you something about God. And this will help you. Because a lot of times people go, I don't understand. I don't get my prayers answered. I don't know why I don't get my prayers answered. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and God didn't give pay any attention to me. Well, I'm going to show you why he might be not paying much attention to you. Well, if you enter his gates with thanksgiving, then maybe we need to learn something about complaining. Ooh. Moreover, brethren, I want you to be aware that our fathers were under the cloud and they went through the sea. Now think about this for a minute. We're going to read the rest of this. God goes in to Egypt and he gets his people out. And he performs 10 miracles to get them out. And then he takes them up to the Red Sea and he buries their enemy in the ocean. So they'll never see him again. 
and they get out on the other side and immediately they start complaining. That's just not smart. Smart. <laughs> what do you bring us out here for? Kill us? There ain't no water out here. God got them some water. I said, okay, okay, we'll get some water. Well, we want something to eat. So we gave them manna. And we went, manna, what's that? And that's what manna means. What's that? And they went, what's that? And called it manna. They called the name of it is, what is that? And they wanted some quail and God got them some quail. And then they complained about the heat. And they, and, and they complained about the bugs. They complained about the snakes. Folks, let me just tell you something. God is looking down and going, shut up. I'm trying to help you. Now, he's trying. We live in the greatest nation on the earth. You went to sleep last night in air conditioning. You woke up in air conditioning in a bed. And you ate breakfast cooking over a stove, not a fire. And you didn't have mosquitoes in your ears and in your nose while you were sleeping. And you ate food that came out of a refrigerator and a coffee came out of a pot in a cup and a sink where you clean the mud and the dirt and the grime off the dishes with some good old soap and you got a closet that you got all the clothes you own which is way more than you anybody could ever wear and most of you got shoes, more shoes than you could ever put on your feet because God gives exceeding abundantly above anything you could ask or think. Bless his holy name. And you start complaining. God hates it. Look at verse 2. You were baptized into Moses and the cloud and the sea. You ate the same spiritual food. You drank the same drink. The rock that followed them that was Christ. And most of those people... God was not real happy. And so their bodies kept kind of dropping dead all over the desert. You know, it make you want to shut up. You say, you know, I got something to say about America right now, but wait until I get my attitude straight. God bless a nation. Hallelujah. Never mind. These things became our examples that we shouldn't lust after evil things like they lusted. And don't become idolaters as some of them is written. The people sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to play. Don't commit sexual immorality. That's for another Sunday. Because America needs to know that. Don't tempt Christ as some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain. Say God loves happy people. You can choose to gripe. Or you can choose thankfulness. Now, I'm going to tell a story that I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want you to use, try to figure out who I'm talking about. But, but one day I was sitting at a restaurant with a teenager and their mother who was whining over the selection of food. And I had a terrible thought. I'd like to turn you over my knee and tan your hide. Where in the world do you get the idea the world owes you a living? 
My God, you're sitting in a nice restaurant with nice food, with a nice handsome preacher sitting in front, and you are whining about the food. And the way this young lady looks, she's been eating well. I don't think God likes complaining to you. Say, be thankful. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. So we need to learn the language of thanksgiving. Now go to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to learn another language. I burned through those two because I'm assuming you've heard this. So let's move. Let's go to something really, really awesome. Learn. Now we're going to learn the language of life. Now we need to learn a new language called life and death are in the power of the tongue. And how do we get that life to work? Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living. Word is living. This in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And God spoke his word and they wrote the the spoken word, the the spoken word, so you could read it and speak it yourself. But now out of every book on the planet right now, every single book that has ever been written is outdated. By the time they get the books for college printed, They're already outdated. But when you get to heaven, they're going to have a copy of a Bible laying there. Because for, for, for the thousands of years this book's been around, no one's ever needed to modify it because it's perfect. Now, I got up, I got, I'm going to answer a question for you because we have people that always ask this question. When I get to heaven, I am. I want to ask God a question. I'm gonna ask Him why. Now let me help you. When you ask Him why in heaven, He's gonna reach over and pick up a Bible. I don't know what book you thought He was gonna use. That's true. That's. They don't have extra books up there. They got. They got the same Bible up there that you got down here. And all of the questions that you're going to wait until you die to ask, you could have asked him now and he would have showed it to you right now in the book. You don't have to wait until you die and ask him why. You can ask him why because he's going to give you the answer right out of that book. Now, the good thing about that book, that's God-breathed words. That scripture is living. There's not another book on the planet that every word in it is alive. Now, I'm going to show you something right now. Now, I've got to take you to another scripture because it's fixing to get good in here. I don't know whether you know it or not, but I'm fixing to get cranked up. Mark chapter 4. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if y'all don't get happy, I just don't get happy all over, but I'll get happy for you. Just, 
I got so happy preparing this. My poor wife was sitting over there going, my God, baby, you got to hold on until tomorrow. All right, Hebrews, Mark chapter 4, verse 26. The kingdom of God is like a man would scatter seed. He sleep night and day, and seed would sprout and grow, and himself doesn't know how. Now, don't tell me you know how, because you do not. I know that some of y'all are smart, but you know good and well, you don't have any idea how you take a seed that big. Put it in the dirt, cover it up, put some water on it, and a, and, and a green leaf pops out. You know, how do you get a green leaf out of brown seed? Just because you put water on it, you put water on it, you get green leaf? Now, if you put some water on it, then that green leaf will get up. Next thing you know, it starts growing. Now, Jesus has said something here. Now, listen to what he said. The kingdom of God is like a man and scatter seed. And he sleep night and day. And the seed will sprout, and he doesn't know how. The earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after the full grain in the head. And when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle, and he gets his healing. He gets his victory. Whatever, whatever. He gets whatever. He gets whatever. All right, now here, now here I'm going to answer a question for you. Well, Pastor, I came in one Sunday, and you gave me the scripture, and you prayed for me, and I fell down. And I never got nothing. And this is what you just said. I put a seed in the ground and I walked away and nothing happened. Did you water it? Amen. Did you ever think about putting a little bit of water on that seed? So I'm going to explain it to you for people who don't know nothing about farming. You can go down to Walmart. And you can buy one in a cup that someone else has already got to a certain degree for you. And you can go out there and put it in the ground and go, <laughs> and say, I got made us, because you got made us. But there ain't, ain't nothing on it but little yellow flowers. So you can go out there and go, that's my mater plant. That's my maters right there, my maters. But I'm going to help you right now. Put it in the ground, and you need to bring a pitcher of water out and go, and put some water on that mater, because that mater ain't growing. You ain't going to get no fruit off of that. You don't put some water on it. So you go out there and you say, hey, I bought me some mater plants. You want to come see them? And you got them put them. Oh, man. You get to one of them. Here, little plant. Here, little plant. Here, little plant. And the little plant goes, ah. If you'll do it every day, before long, that little green plant will have something orange. Well, well green. And then it starts turning kind of orange. You know good and well that you don't know how that little brown seed with green plants turns into some orange, juicy, sweet, like a cherry tomato. You see, I have cherry tomatoes out back, and Lisa doesn't get very many of them because I eat them before they get in the house. <laughs> now, I just told her that, and I'm not even going to face her right now because she gets the big ones, but I've been eating all the cherry tomatoes off my plant. Well, I planted them, so I'm going to eat all the cherry tomatoes off that plant. So, now, let's look, now, now, now I'm going to answer a question for you. Is, does this work? Does the word work? What if you planted um, 1 Peter 2.24? Would it grow? Yes. 100% of the time. You plant victory, you'll get victory. Now, how do you water? Turn to your neighbor and go. Some of y'all ain't got no guts at all. I mean, y'all just ain't got... Death and life 
or in the power of your tongue. You, you water the same way you planted. Now, 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 hold on a minute, hold on a minute. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Let's read it. I planted, Apollos watered. God gave what? That's because you heard someone preach something once. That ain't the only time you need to hear that. You say, well, I heard that sermon before. Let me tell you something, Leroy. You need to hear it again. You know, there are scriptures you need to put them in your mouth daily. You see, some mornings you need to wake up and go, by God, I'm blessed coming in, blessed going out. Abraham, blessings are mine. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. Glory be to God. If God is for me, who could be against me? Just They laid hands on me. God always hears and answers my prayers, and therefore I am the healed. Hallelujah. And all there is in you is a little green sprig. And you go, hey, sprig. Because it won't be long. You'll be eating maters off that thing. Say death and life are in the power of my tongue. Now that's, 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 that's a power. See, remember we started off? This ain't, too, this ain't too mysterious. This is not mysterious. This is something anybody, anybody can do it. You did it and got born again. Didn't you? You did it and got filled with the Holy Ghost. Why do you think God gave you a language? So I want to talk to the people here who don't speak in tongues. Let me just talk to you for a minute. Let me just help you with something. God has a problem that he has you, a born-again Christian who loves the Lord, but you don't know nothing. And he don't have time to take you to heaven, spend a thousand years and send you back. And he knows that life and death are the power of your tongue, so he bypassed your brain because he don't want you thinking. <laughs> I'm trying to explain. We got Baptists in the room, y'all. We got Baptists here. So anytime that God wants you to say something intelligent, he says, ah, just say it. And you say, I don't understand it. Right. But it's still words, isn't it? Is it still producing? You say, but I don't know what I'm saying. Well, I'll guarantee you one thing. It's good. You say, well, I don't like where my life's going. Well, why don't you start speaking in tongues? Now, now, um, let, me, let me stay on this subject just a minute, just, just for the health, sake of people in the room. I, you can walk to the store if you want to. If you, if you wake up in the morning and you walk to Winn-Dixie, I'll love you all the way down. I'll wave at you when I go up. Hello, Mrs. Jones. Hello, Pastor. How are you doing today? Good. I'll see you at the store. And you can walk. I don't care. But if God gave you a motor, crank it up. I mean, you, that's, I mean, I mean, God loves you. If you want to walk, he, lo- he loves people who walk. He loves people who drive. If he gave you power, use it, dummy. Come on, crank it up. You say, well, what did I say? I don't know. I never asked my motor. What'd you say? What'd you say? 
I just get in there and go, whoa, whoa. And I mean, it's sweet. Now I got a stereo and I got an air conditioner. And I ain't getting down there to Walmart. I mean, to Winn-Dixie and I got these bags. I'm going, it's so hot. It's so hot out here. It's so hot. Well, I don't, I don't, you don't ever hear me talking about how hot it is because I pray in tongues. Now, you can pray in tongues if you want to. Pray in tongues if you want to. But if you want to walk, you can walk all you want to. Walk all the way to heaven. Glory to God. Jesus said, whoever he is, I'm going to give you power. He didn't say nothing about new birth on top of new birth. He said power. Now, now the Pentecostals, they crank it up on Sunday only. Oh, boy, I'm going to pick on everybody today. They go in the church and they go, Shondai. And then they turn it off and they walk home. Because they don't believe they can speak in tongues except in the building. And they walk into the store just like everybody else. And then some tongue-talking, devil-chasing, ex-hippie holing roller is coming down the road in his brand-new pickup truck with 383 horses under the hood and with, a, with, a, with Mark Hankins preaching glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hello, Brother Sam. Hello, Sister Louisa. <laughs> glory to God. Say life and death are in the power of your tongue. So here's a message for some of y'all. Why don't you let God have his tongue back? You can't trust the Holy Ghost with your mouth? Matter of fact, he can do a whole lot of good talking if you just... We're going to save this for another Sunday. But there's a lot of things you'll never know until the Holy Ghost starts talking. And he's God. All right, now that's not my sermon. I just got off on all that because we got a few people here that were wondering. And now they're not wondering anymore. Okay, that's fine with me. Okay, it's all right. They say, do they love the Lord? Oh, they love the Lord. All the way to hot self, all the way to Winn-Dixie. We're down here trudging through the heat and the cold. Not if you feel with the Holy Ghost, you ain't. Now, how did I get off on all this? Ain't none of that in my notes, Lisa. Y'all are wasting my time pulling all that out of me. All right, lesson, the next thing is we're going to learn the language of dominion. Go to Mark 11. Mark 11. The scripture Kenneth Hagin put in the Bible. Say, I think he's fixing to get crank it up. Now, no, listen to this. We can't read 11, 23, and 24. We've got to go all the way back down to 12. Ain't no sense in telling the end of the story till we told the story. Amen. And the next day when they came out of Bethany, he's hungry, and he walked up from afar, and he saw a fig tree having leaves, and he went to see if it, if there was something to eat on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves on it, for it was not the season for figs. And in response, he said to it, to it. Now, now you may want to disagree with me, but you can't disagree with him. Listen, if he talks to storms and he talks to trees, I'll bet it's okay if you talk to stuff. 
Now, now what he's fixing to do right here is going to blow Peter's mind. But he walks up to a tree and he gets in a conversation with it. A tree. And you think that we're crazy because we talk to sickness, disease, and devils. We ain't crazy. We're just following the master. So let's move on. He said, nobody's ever going to eat nothing off of you ever again. And he walked off. He didn't say a lot. He didn't, he didn't pray. Oh, God. Oh, heavenly father up in heaven. Hallelujah. This tree right here got no figs on it. I'm going to ask you to do something about the figs on this tree. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Do something about the tree. Do something about the tree. God, do something about the tree. He didn't do that. Now, you can, put, you can write that in your Bible if you want to, but it ain't in my Bible. My Bible said he talked to the tree. And the tree went, huh. And apparently it hurt him. Mm, that's another subject. So if he made everything in the earth out of words, then everything is still made out of words. And if everything's made out of words, then words are controlling because God spoke that elephant into existence. That elephant's made out of words. And apparently that elephant responds to words because trees are made out of words and they respond to words. If the way was made out of the word of God and he's going to respond to the word of God when God comes by and speaks to the tree, then the tree's going to obey what the word of God said. To Say death and life are in the power of the tongue. You say, well, wait a minute, that's my tongue. Well, let me, let me help you with something. I have a nine millimeter. Actually, I have a 40 on me right now. If I were to give you a 40, it would work in your gun. See, the word of God works in your mouth just like it works in his because the word's alive. It ain't the gun that makes the bullet alive. It's the bullet that makes the bullet alive. But it needs a gun to go off, and so God needs a mouth to make the All right, now, now we're going to come back to it. So the next day, Peter, verse 20, next morning they walked by, the fig trees dried up, and Peter went, oh, man. What is up with your bad self? Do you see that tree you talk? I mean, it's like dead as a rock, Jesus. Now look at what he said. And Jesus answered and said to them. He fixing to say something else. He said, I have some, I said something to it, now I'm fixing to say something to you. Now, do you think that's important? I think that's important. I think we should pay attention to something if Jesus said it. Have faith in God. I say to you, if you say to a mountain. Now, why did he say a mountain? Because he wanted you to know that he doesn't give a rip how big it is. Ain't got anything to do. I don't care if the mountain. See, I heard a song one time said, if that mountain too big, then get your shovel out. He didn't tell you to get a shovel out. I ain't going to dig no mountain up with no shovel. I ain't going in there with no bulldozer. I'm going to use my mouth. Before we finish this, I've got another story to tell you. Oh, i got plenty of time. I hope your hot dogs ain't on the grill yet. <laughs> Last week, I told you about Pastor Opicho coming and how we talked to the road. Now I'm going to tell you the rest of the story. Now, Barbara knows what I'm talking about because he came here to America, and we all took Pastor Opicho to Disney because he'd always wanted to see Disney. Well, everybody in Africa dress up because we taught them to dress up. I wish we hadn't. I like African shirts better than I do American suits. Never mind. A whole lot cooler. 
So we take Pastor Picho, and it's a little cool day at Disney. So I'm there with Levi's, tennis shoes, Nikes at the time, not Adidas, and a nice button-up shirt. And everyone wanted to ride the Bubba Tub. Now, anybody here know what, you don't know what the Bubba Tub is? It is a tub in a river with waterfalls that the Bubba Tub goes under. So, Pastor Opicho looks at me and in pure unadulterated unbelief, said, Pastor Morgan, if you get on this Bubba Tub, you're going to get wet. I said, I'm not going to get wet on the Bubba Tub. And he starts laughing at me. Now, people laugh when they don't understand that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, Jesus is the one that told us we could do this. He said, you can have what you say. Who said that? Jesus said, I got something I want to say to you. You can have what you say. So quit running around going, I'm going to die. Don't say that. So I got on the Bubba tub. And Pastor Opicho was going, what are you going to do when you get wet? I said, I ain't going to get wet. He said, well, how do you know you're not going to get wet? I said, Mark eleven twenty three 23 says I'm not going to get wet. He said, is that the scripture you used in Africa? And I said, yep. And he went, you're going to get wet. I said, I'm not going to get wet. I said, it ain't according to your faith, it's according to mine. I said, I ain't worried about what you say. I'm worried about what I, he didn't say I have what you say. He said, I have what I say. I said, I ain't getting wet. And I sat down and I went, you better do this. You better do this thing, God. You better do this thing now, God. And I just sat down there, crossed my legs, and looked at everybody, and down the roaring river we went. And the Bubba Tub is going around the bends, and it's turning like this, and it's turning like this. And once we're headed right to the waterfall, and Pastor Picho going, ha, 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 and the Bubba Tub turned. And everybody got wet but me, and I'm going, they went under three waterfalls. I didn't go under one waterfall. And I got off that boat and and he said, where that scripture? I said, you didn't learn it in Africa and you ain't learned it now. I said, when are you going to learn this scripture? I want you to think about what he said. Look, Look at what he said. I say to you, whoever says to cancer, you be removed and you get out of my heart and out of my life and out of my body and I don't ever want to see you again. And you do not doubt in your heart but believe what you say, you will have what you say. You say, but I don't have what I say. Yeah, you haven't right now what you've been saying. You, if you don't like what you're going through right now, you might want to check up on what you're saying. See, you on the bubba tub going, oh, help me, Jesus, help me. That ain't, that ain't faith. <laughs> Say, my business, my business makes money. Makes money. Amen. Say, my body, body. responds to the word. I'm the healed. Now water it. And water it. And water it. 
until you get maters off that thing. It is impossible that the word will not produce. It is impossible for the word not produce. So this is powerful. Jesus said this. All right, now we're fixing to get, now we're fixing to crank it up. You ready to, you ready to crank it up a notch? Psalm 91. <laughs> we still got communion. So we ain't going anywhere for a few more minutes. But we're going to get everybody in this building blessed out of their ever-loving mind before we get them out of here. Now look, now look at this scripture. Look at this scripture. Sometimes we, we miss it. He who dwells in the secret place in the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say. I got something to say about what's happening in the world. I got something to say about whether I die this week, next week, or next month. I have something to say about that. The doctor said this, but I got something to say about it myself. Amen. Amen. The Lord said he's my refuge. I say, I say, he's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my God. In him I trust. Listen to me. I'm not done yet. I said, surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pen. I said, he will cover me. You say, well, that don't work for me. That's because you ain't saying it. The Bible is voice activated. You're, the new birth is voice activated. When someone came to you one day and said, do you believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead? I do. Say this. Say this. I believe. They died for me and rose from the dead. And he's Lord. Did anything happen? Yeah. Let's go back to the Baptists that are in the room. Let me help you a little bit. All you got to do is say, I believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost is for today. And I'm, I'm asking you, fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I say, I can speak in tongues and start talking. Because everything from God, every victory is voice activated. That means you're going to call yourself blessed when you feel like a hundred thousand pounds of something. Don't ask your body whether the Bible's true. You have... Listen, no matter what someone says, I want you to look in the mirror and say, I have something to say about this. Doctor told me, he says, Mr. Morgan, you have a congenital heart failure and most people don't live but a year. I said, well, I have something I'm going to say about that with long life. Now, that's what I said. And the doctor said, what? 
I said, well, I wasn't talking to you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I left the doctor's office one night. He was mad at me. He said, you need to go to the hospital. I said, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. I said, no, I don't need. He said, are you refusing what I'm saying? I said, yep. <laughs> you could die. I went, no. Not with Psalm 91, I can't. I said, you don't know Psalm 91? I said, you don't know much. I left and he was very angry at me. Very angry. But it's okay, he got over it. I ain't never been back. I paid his 50 bucks for his advice. And, never mind, never mind. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings I take. His truth will be my shield and buckler. I am not afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. I said I am not afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now, now let me talk to you about this for a minute. Under the old covenant, and, and I understand we have people in here who have different opinion, but, but it's okay. You have a right to your opinion. If you want to die with a disease, you have my permission, die. Just tell me what you want me to preach at your funeral. I'll, I'll preach it. We'll sing the songs you want, we'll, whatever. We'll just, we'll just make you happy. But ain't no monkey virus going to kill me. Is that what it's called, a monkey virus? It is a money pox. Under, in the Old Testament, when the plagues came, they didn't come on the, the, the house of Israel. And so I said, it ain't coming on me. You say, are you vaccinated? Psalm 91, right there. <laughs> Psalm 23, right there. <laughs> Y'all have no idea how much fun this is to stand here and preach life. Say life is in my mouth. I got something to say about this. You know what makes me mad is to watch Kenneth Copeland with all of his hair and to ask myself, why have I been calling myself bald for 68 years and he has been saying that all the hairs in my head are numbered. And I said, God, can I have a crop failure for all those things I've said about my hair? <laughs> never mind, never mind. When I get to heaven, I might have to wait. That's just one thing I might. But I've already started. Lisa prays for me every night. She goes. <laughs> now God's fixing to say something. Look at what, now God wants to say something. Verse 14, because he, say me, set my love. He said, because you set your love on him, 
I will set him on high because he knows my name. I will, he will call on me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Say he's talking about me. All right, let's personalize it. Because I set my love on God, he delivers me. Because I set my love on him and I know his name, he will set me on high. With long life. Say long life. If you hear that I died, it is only a rumor. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you'll never die. Now, we're going to take communion in a minute. We're going to stay on the same subject. Do you have anything to say about the blood? You need to. You can walk out of here in a minute and everything you ever did wrong will be gone. Folks, that's huge. You can only be saved once, but you can have communion a whole lot of times. This is good, isn't it? Even though many of you have heard me preach this or you've heard someone preach it, you need to hear this more than just once or twice or three times in your life. We need to be reminded. I had my own business one time. Man, was it not doing good. And I'm riding down the road, man. I mean, I'm just barely eating. And the Lord said to me, well, what are you saying about it? And I went, well, it ain't very good. He said, why don't you change your mouth? And in my truck that day, I said, I have more work to do than I know what to do. I have more work to do. I have more money than I know what to do with. I turned down work. I have favor with God and man. Folks, within a week, I was turning down work. How did it happen? The word of God. Now, I'm going to share something with you very powerful, and I don't ever want you to forget it. I know that we don't like what's happening in America. But there's not a tomato plant at, at, at Lowe's that cares. You water it, you grow tomato. There's not a scripture in your Bible that's hindered by our stupid government. I don't think Putin was ready for a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling church in the Ukraine. Well, they, they're fighting God. I don't think Britain was ready for America. We had a revival going on over here. Come on, folks, I'm doing good. Say, my best days are ahead of me. Say, life and death are in the power of my tongue. I got something to say about this. <laughs> well, y'all are radical as all get. Y'all are rad. Y'all bring the communion up here. We're going to take communion. Don Sharp, you're doing all right. Good. 
I was wondering why you were hiding in the back. Bring it on up here. Come on. Y'all ready? Go to 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11. I want to say something to people who walk in this church and you may or may not be where you need to be in God. You can walk out where you need to be in God. Jesus made a powerful statement when he gave us communion. Go ahead and hand me that because I'm going to, I'm going to be talking. Look at this scripture. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, no, I received from the Lord which I delivered to you. The Lord, on the same night that he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that's broken for you. Now, you know this is a cracker. Contrary to some religious people, it doesn't turn into the body of Jesus. And this doesn't turn into the blood. This is Welch's, and it'll be Welch's after you drink it. It isn't in the the Welch's or the cracker that the power is. The cracker, I mean, the power is in the word remember. What did he do? What did he do? Now here, well, let's talk about this. Sickness is incipient death. It is your body responding to sin. You say, but, but does that mean I've got sin? Well, you might, but most people do not because you're not remembering what he did. Did he pay it? What percentage? And why are you paying a debt twice? Now, remember the sermon. What are you saying about this? Mouthing words, just slinging words against the wall is not going to work. But when you pick up a piece of bread and you go, your body was broken. So mine doesn't have to be. Your body. He didn't pay 99.9% of your healing. He paid it all. But you see, the problem is the church hasn't been saying anything. He wouldn't have told you to remember it for no reason. He wants you to remember. He wants you to stop and go, oh, God, you did that. Sometimes people get sick in their body even after they get born again. But he didn't say, go back and have some spinach. He didn't say have a smoothie or a protein drink or a little extra olive oil with vinegar. I know, just I just hair-lipped all of Bear Creek. <laughs> Jesus didn't walk into Peter's mother-in-law's house and say, "What you been eating?" Yeah, that's true. I mean, your diet's all messed up. No wonder you're a mess. Boy, I'm gonna come over here and preach. I'm not saying it's not right to eat things. But he said you could eat any deadly thing. That's talking about McDonald's. Can you eat McDonald's and be healthy? According to the Bible, you can. I wouldn't suggest you do it on purpose. 
But you know, when you're riding down the road and nothing's open, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. So you, you know, all that's left is Wendy's and McDonald's and Burger King. And Burger King ain't serving meat anymore. They're serving ostrich. You can call it meat, but it didn't it stay. It didn't. Sometimes you got to go Shondai, Shondai, but God bless this hamburger in the name of Jesus. But Jesus never changed anybody's diet. But he did tell you to remember this. So I want you to say something. Say his body was broken so mine doesn't have to be. Now let's plant a seed by his stripes. I'm healed. That seed will come up if you'll water it. Now, just in case the devil, now let's go ahead and protect. Let's go ahead. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We take that bread, symbol of unleavened bread, for the body of Jesus that was broken so ours doesn't have to be. It's not because we're good or we're better. No, we didn't do anything to earn it. You did it all. Same manner we took the cup. What's the cup? Under the old covenant, God covered sin. Well, he don't cover sin now. He destroys it. Now listen to me very carefully. If there is no sin, there's no condemnation. If there's no condemnation, you're not guilty. If you're not guilty, you can get anything you want from God. Folks, God didn't do this because you're good. He did it because he's good. You stand before him. You walk in the throne room of God and they say, how do you plead? You go, don't plead not guilty. That's a lie. You can go to hell for lying on Washington. Don't plead, don't plead guilty because now you incriminated yourself. How do you plead? The blood. You look at the judge of all the earth and go, the blood. And he takes his attention right off of you. And he looks over at Jesus and he goes, turn him loose. Turn him loose. Turn him loose, Satan, turn him loose. You take this cup. I want you to say, Satan, turn me loose. You don't have anything on me. Let's go. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your blood. It washes away, destroys sin. And Father, we'll get up from here and walk out of here completely free. In Jesus' name. Now, I preach this this morning for this reason. This is a life style. This is something you train yourself to do. You're not going to, you're not going to be perfect at it. Do not get in condemnation. If you get home this afternoon and say something stupid, just stop yourself and go. <laughs> don't do it. Don't say that. That's not right. Control what you say. Think about what you're saying. 
Don't say something because an expert said it. Don't even say it because your mama said it. What did God say? What did he say? He loves you as much as he loves the Lord Jesus. When you say things like, I am loved, I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed, I'm righteous, I'm free, I'm blessed. God goes, amen. I saw a lady the other day. I hadn't seen her this morning. When she first came to this church, she was very sad, hopeless, depressed. Sitting under the Word of God, she's getting happy because she's thinking about some good stuff now. She's not hopeless anymore. She's Amen. My best days are ahead of me. And I got something to say about it. (laughs) Y'all are fun. You get out here and have a good Memorial Day. Come on, baby. Take care of these people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Say this with me. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. You said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if I'll confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus rose from the dead, I will be saved. Jesus I confess with my mouth, you are Lord. I repent of sin. I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead by Father God, and I call you Lord. If that's the first time you ever did that, say hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you would like prayer for any reason, I have a couple altar people coming on either side of me just because it's... Memorial Day weekend doesn't mean we're rushed to get out of here. You want prayer for any reason. You come up. If you know your family member, your friend needs prayer, bring them up. We want to pray for them. God always hears. God always answers. He always answers when we pray. Amen. The rest of you have a great day. God bless you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.